Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Tonight, because tonight we're going to be talking about the ministry of Jesus Christ. And in my mind, who better to learn deliverance from than the person of Jesus Christ? Like if we're going to learn how to cast out demons, if we're going to be effective in casting out demons, a ministry that's rarely done, that's rarely talked about, then for me, I'm thinking the best place to learn is the person of Jesus Christ. And an interesting thing about Jesus Christ's ministry of deliverance or the casting out of demons, if you guys are looking for the word deliverance throughout scripture, it's a basic principle. It just is the casting out of demons. So when we talk about being delivered, which salvation, one of the meanings of salvation is being delivered, being set free um we're talking about the casting out of demons so if i say deliverance or casting out demons it's synonymous tonight but this is interesting that this is the only ministry jesus introduced that no one had ever done if you look at the old testament the sick had been healed the dead had been raised signs and wonders had been performed but up until the point of jesus demons were had not been cast out and in fact demons didn't have to obey anyone that tried to cast them out so you could try all you want before jesus to cast out demons the demons didn't have to obey that's why if you look at luke chapter 10 the 72 are so shocked that the demons obeyed them they were shocked they said even the demons obey us in your name it completely shocked them because again up until jesus coming this was the only really uh ministry that was specific to him that he introduced and i'll say this with all boldness and confidence it is the ministry the devil hates more than anything there is no other ministry that you can do whether it's healing the sick preaching uh baptizing that the devil hates more than the ministry of deliverance it is a hands-on contact ministry where you are evicting the devil out of people. You are seeing people set free by the power of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus cast out demons by the finger of God, which was the Holy Spirit. Now, I do not believe some people teach that Jesus gave up his divine nature. I do not believe that. I believe that is literally heresy to say that. I believe Jesus was 100% man and 100% God empowered by the Holy Spirit. We know he was baptized by the Holy by the Holy Spirit and baptized in water and he went about doing good and delivering those that were oppressed of the devil. Now some people say well God gave up his divine privileges, but that doesn't mean Jesus gave up his divinity. It ta- it's talking about his divine privileges of being at the right hand of the Father and coming down to earth, giving up that divine privilege to be with us, but Jesus was 100% God. Do not let anyone tell you different. He was 100% on God on earth and when he cast a demons he said it's by the finger of god so in deliverance ministry and and some of you say this is basic i already know this but there's a lot of new people that don't know this so just bear with me in deliverance ministry we are relying on the holy spirit we do not do deliverance ministry we do not cast out demons i'm going to try to use the words cast out demons rather than deliverance ministry because i know lots of religious people say oh deliverance ministry that word's not in where did jesus talk about deliverance ministry the casting out of demons We are relying on the Holy Spirit, whether it's to give us words of knowledge, whether it's to give us words of wisdom, whether it's to discern spirits, whether it's to get the demon out, whether it's to have his power, his strength. We're relying on the authority of Jesus. We're relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. So you need to be power assisted. We're We're not doing this in the flesh. We're not just screaming. If you watch our Zoom calls, carnal Christians say, oh, you're just up there yelling at the demons, ain't, ain't nothing happening. It's under understand that we're coming in Christ's authority and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, that our words have power because 
The same spirit that raised Christ is living on the inside of us. That might be a news flash for some of you, but the power of God is on the inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what Jesus introduced. This is not Isaiah's ministry. I love you, Daniel Adams. I see you in the chat. This is not Daniel Adams' ministry. This is not Bob Larson or Derek Prince or Don Dickerman or Vlad Savchuk or Alexander Pagani. This is the ministry of Jesus. So when you see us passionate about it, it's because it's Christ ministry. And to undermine this ministry is to undermine Christ himself. When people oppose the casting out of demons, they're actually opposing the work of Christ, the ministry of Christ, the very thing Jesus told the disciples to do. When we talk against deliverance, when we bash deliverance, when we say, oh, that's not how you do it, you do it this way, and we don't do it. When you start going against the ministry of Jesus, and say it's only for the apostles, it's only for the disciples, you're undermining the work of the cross. We know that Jesus said he cast out demons to fulfill what Isaiah prophesied that he was going to be that suffering savior. So deliverance is part of what Jesus paid for on the cross. So it's very dangerous, dangerous. Please hear me tonight. I know, I know. And some of you might say, well, you're preaching like you're, you know, we don't believe that we're, we're not religious. You're preaching like you're talking to religious people. Believe me, my critics, those that make videos about me, how do you think they make the videos about me and get the content is they watch the live stream. So they're in here as well. But when we undermine deliverance and we say it's not needed for today, you're saying that what Jesus did on the cross is not needed today. You're saying that what the disciples did is no longer relevant. You're saying that what Jesus instituted somehow passed away. Now, the idea that this was only for the apostles or the disciples sounds good, but it's not biblical. There's no Bible verse that says casting out demons was just for the apostles. There's no Bible verse that says casting out demons was just for the disciples. Mark 16, 17 says those that believe will do it. So because you don't believe and you don't do it, don't say that it's only for a certain time or only for the apostles because biblically you have no ground to stand on and you're building a ministry on sand. Let me bring out another important element to think about John 14, 12. I have heard John 14, 12 preached wrong so many times. I've heard so many people on YouTube and Bible teachers and guys that get on here and they try to undermine, say deliverance isn't for today, miracles aren't for today. They say that this scripture doesn't mean what Jesus said it means. So let's look at John 14, 12. This is Jesus speaking. So these words are in red. He says, I tell you the truth. I'm not lying. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. Now, I want you to notice he does not say the disciples will do the same works I've done. Come on, Chad, are you guys awake tonight? He does not say the apostles are going to do the same works that I've done. He does not say this will happen until I die on the cross. And then once I die on the cross, we don't need the casting out of demons. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say after the book of Acts, we don't need it any longer. There's no end to this verse. The prerequisite is any believer in me, anyone who believes in me will do the, the same works. And that means actually identical works. We don't even have to say the even greater, even though Jesus said it, but he says they're going to do the same works and even greater. So the prerequisite is believing. Now, of course, is casting out demons considered a work that Jesus did? Of course it is, as well as healing miracles. So if you hear someone teach and say, he didn't really mean that, or of course we can't do, and guys, I've heard this a hundred times. Of course we can't do what Jesus did. Run, capital R-U-N run do not listen to teachers that is a false doctrine that is a false teaching to say of course we can't do what jesus did and trust me 
I can name them. I won't because I'm not that guy that puts everybody on blast. Some of the biggest Bible teaching Christian YouTubers, they preach that we're not called to do the works of Jesus. And I can't understand how you can reconcile these verses. And I want to continue because for the religious people, it gets worse. Because in John 14, 13, he says, you can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, verse 14, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, Jesus is not saying anything you want, but more anything according to my will. The purpose is so that, come on, the son can bring glory to the father. That's the goal. So I'm not saying, Lord, give me whatever it is you're asking for, right? Whatever material thing or whatever. Lord, give me a good job so I can make a lot of money and have a nice house or whatever it could be. Those aren't wrong prayers to pray. That's not what he's saying here in John 14 when he says, do, ask me for anything and I'll do it. And you, you know that because you've asked him for these things and he doesn't just do everything. What he's saying is, I'm wanting to bring glory to my father. And so I'm willing to work and do things that bring glory to the father that you ask me to do. So if you ask me to empower you to cast out demons, I'm going to do that. If you ask me to heal somebody, I'm going to respond to that prayer. If you ask me for, you know, Lord, touch my family, touch my friends, Lord, save them. God, use me to witness, to minister, give me boldness. These things we're asking in accordance or in accordance to the will of God. Jesus goes, I can get behind that. I'll do that. But these are not vain things that we just spit out and say, God, do this. God, do that. God, do this. It's to bring glory to the father, the son bringing glory to the father. And you have to understand when it comes to John 14, 12, the Christian life is not just what would Jesus do, but do what Jesus did. So we can't just be in theory Christians. We can't just preach deliverance, which I'll talk about in a minute. We can't just say, we need to cast out demons as a pastor or leader. We need to be practitioners. If you don't know what that means, it means we need to practice. We need to actually do the ministry Jesus did. The ministry of casting out demons was not a minor thing. Write that down. The ministry of casting out demons was not a minor thing that Jesus did. Some might tell you or tell me, we're not majoring on it, Isaiah, because it's a minor. And don't mi major on the minors, don't minor on the majors. In other words, if Jesus only did it one time or said it one time, you shouldn't major on that ministry, which I still disagree with, but people say that. But understand, this was a major ministry. Out of the, I believe, 21 miracles he did, seven of them were deliverances. So this was not a minor thing. This was a major thing that Jesus did that he called us to do. It's something he did, the disciples did, and their disciples did. So please, tonight, again, I'm not going to rush through this. As we go through every story of deliverance Jesus did and go straight Bible, I'm going to give you straight Bible. Not my opinion, not my theory. I'm going to give you what the text says. I want you to understand this is a major ministry. That's why it scares me that churches go 52 weeks without ever even mentioning the casting out of demons. I'm like, how are we missing this? It's a major ministry and I'm willing to take the flack to get the haters. You know, people like Daniel Adams that are in the chat, we take so much heat, so much flack, we get called false teachers, all this because we teach on the ministry of casting out demons. I don't care because this is Christ's ministry and if they hated him for it, they're going to hate us for it. That's the bottom line. So you have to go into this ministry knowing you're going to be hated. People are going to call you crazy. You're going to get persecuted. Pastors, leaders are going to think you're crazy because they don't do it. So they're going to call you crazy. But here's what you have to stand on. This is Christ's ministry. There's so many times where I've sat there discouraged because I've gotten, you know, all the cool pastors don't like me or whatever. Talk about me, make videos about me. But I have to keep going back to this place. Wait a minute. This is Jesus's ministry. I'm defending the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I can't say this enough tonight. I, I really can't say this enough. Jesus, 
This is your ministry I'm defending. This is your ministry that I'm doing. This is your ministry. I'm not, this is not a ministry I've created, not a ministry so-and-so's created. This is the ministry of Jesus Christ. So get that in your head and preach that. It's the ministry of Jesus Christ. And it's not a minor, it is a major. If you look at throughout the entirety of the gospels, every single gospel all throughout, Jesus is confronting demons, casting them out of people. Again, Matthew 10 commands the 12 to do it. Luke 10, the 72. And then Mark 16, all believers can do this. Of course, John 14, 12, the same works he's done. We will also do, well, brother, and I saw some of you early in the chat. What about the book of Acts? There was also deliverance in the book of Acts. They got, they, we saw deliverance in Acts 8. We saw deliverance in Acts 16. We saw deliverance in Acts 19. Come on, some say at the end of the book, it's no longer Acts 19. Handkerchiefs are getting, demons are cast, coming out of people because of Paul's handkerchief. So I believe that there's a very powerful revival happening right now, and it's the ministry of casting out demons that God is resurrecting and reviving in the church. Now, a few reasons why we should minister to people that are demonized. You say, why do this ministry, Isaiah? Number one is Jesus expects us to set people free. Jesus has an expectation on you that you should be not only laying hands on the sick, but casting out demons. Well, how would you say that? Because Jesus said, freely you've been given, freely give. We don't charge for deliverance. I've never charged a dollar, a penny. We make zero dollars on deliverance. Our deliverance map, we pay to host the map. We pay someone to run it, to do the applications every day, check the emails. We're paying for this. So we're not making any money on deliverance. Why? Because freely I was delivered by my little sister, praise the Lord, by the power of God. Freely I deliver others. So we don't charge for deliverance because Christ didn't charge us. So that is why we are expected to free people because we have the power of God. We have the authority of Jesus Christ. And so we, God expects us, Jesus expects us to set people free. Number two, we should be moved by compassion. Listen, we're motivated and moved by compassion that people are in bondage. They're in a prison. They're having suicidal thoughts and anxiety and depression and addiction. And we're the only ones that have the power to loose them from their demonic chains. So there's compassion. My heart breaks. I, I, I don't know how these guys that preach against deliverance, their heart doesn't break when they see the demonize. And don't let some of these guys fool you. They say, oh, this is how I cast out demons. And they don't ever cast out demons. Like, show me a video. I've never seen one video, one altar call, one service where you cast out demons. Stop trying to teach it if you don't actually do it. Jesus wants us to be moved by compassion. We know this was what motivated him. This is what moved him when, when the crowds came to him. He was moved by compassion, the Bible says. And then number three, deliverance will increase your faith. Can you please type one in the chat if deliverance has increased your faith? If you've done deliverance, you've cast out a demon and your faith shot through the roof. Why? Because you're visibly seeing the kingdom of God in action. You can be an atheist and visibly see a demon cast out. You can visibly see somebody manifest and get delivered. It increases your faith like nothing you'll ever see because it's visible, it's tangible. You can see deliverance. So if you look at the Bible, when the deliverance happened, there would be revival right after. Deliverance would happen, then revival. If you look at Acts 19, there is the sons of Sceva, a failed deliverance brought revival to a city where $2 million of witchcraft books were burned because of a failed deliverance, because they saw the power in Jesus' name, the authority of Jesus, and how much more would a legitimate deliverance bring revival and bring reformation. There's a lot of wrong teaching right now. And I want to point this out and say this. There is a lot of wrong teaching right now when it comes to casting out demons by people who don't cast out demons. Now, I know you guys send me the videos. I watch them, trust me. And my heart breaks when I see preachers, even friends of mine, 
teach against deliverance and say, oh, we're not called to do this. You don't need to say this. You don't need to bind them. You don't need to know the name. You just, you know, just command them to go and they go instantly. And I have friends that teach, you know, if it takes more than two minutes, then the person really doesn't have a demon. They're just making it up. It's emotional experience. Doesn't matter. It's heartbreaking. But here's the bottom line. If you want to know my opinion, I, I just saw today a big, 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 big name preacher saying, you know, I don't let demons manifest. I just command them to go and they leave right away. And my response is, I guess you're more powerful than Jesus. Because we're going to see tonight, that's not even what Jesus did. Jesus didn't even just go and they automatically left. Jesus did bind them by name. And there was a story we're going to go over tonight where the demon didn't leave right away. So again, we teach these things. And all I could say about these teachings of these guys that don't do deliverance is they don't do deliverance. Because if you're not just someone that's in theory and you're a practitioner, you'll know, oh, when you actually do deliverance, you're going to realize that that's not biblical. That's not true. So when you listen to these guys that downplay, you know, some of them say we're, we're, we're new age because we believe in commanding the demon to leave and we should never tell a demon what to do or command it. And deliverance is new age. All these doctrines guys teach, they don't do deliverance. Trust me. Some of them say they do. But again, find me one video and I guarantee you're not going to find one because they don't do deliverance. Some guys come at me and say, you're wrong. That's not how you do it. My response is, okay, would you please show me how to do it? Can you please send me a video or one of your teachings? And guess what? I've had zero out of all the people I've asked show me a video because they don't do deliverance. So how are they going to show me a video? How are they going to teach something they've never done? Be very careful listening to teachers that don't do it. They're not practitioners. They, I believe in casting out demons. Then why don't you cast them out? Do you not know anybody that needs freedom? Do you not have anybody around you? Do you, you just hide in your house and never meet? Then do it. If you believe it, I don't believe you believe it if you're not a practitioner. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you ask for them? Do you pursue them? Do you walk in them? I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just don't, you know, I just never experienced. Well, do you ask for it? So don't tell me that you believe in deliverance when you don't actually do deliverance. And don't give me an hour and a half teaching on deliverance when you've never even cast out a devil. Or maybe you did one time and all you did was get the person to manifest. There's a major difference, okay? And I'm, I'm, I know I'm rushing, but I'm going to take my time here. There's a major difference between actually casting out a demon and actually making a person manifest a demon. So you can, I command the demon to leave and the person's screaming and then you give it one minute and say, oh, I cast the demon out, go to the next person. That's not deliverance. Deliverance is when the demon actually leaves the person. So getting someone to manifest is not deliverance. And some of the, your favorite teachers, all they do is get the demon to manifest and they move on to the next person. And that's not biblical deliverance, which we're going to see tonight in scripture. So again, note that most of the bad teaching when it comes to deliverance are from guys, especially even some of these big name guys. Like I said, today I watched a video and I have to hold myself back. The Holy Spirit says, don't comment, don't cause division. I have to hold myself back because it's just heartbreaking. It makes our job harder. Tonight, we are not looking at the teachings of Derek Prince. We're not looking at the teachings of Frank Hammond. We're not looking at the teachings of Don Dickerman, Bob Larson, or any other man of God. We're looking at directly what Jesus did. And there's value in all of the guys I just named, their teachings. I love it. I've read all the books. I believe in it read them by them but that's not what we're doing tonight tonight we are looking directly at jesus's ministry i pray that this video would be a staple video that you can send your pastor your leaders you know and you can send them the clip of me talking about jesus's deliverance ministry because you can't refute what jesus christ said and what jesus christ did so 
Here's the goal tonight. We're gonna look at all seven detailed accounts, obviously not exhaustive. We're gonna go like 40 minutes here. We're gonna look at lessons drawn, facts drawn from each one, and then we're gonna pray deliverance. We're gonna see people get delivered and healed tonight. So number one, we're gonna look at the first one, and I'm gonna give you the verses. I'm gonna read the text so that we can make sure that we're just accurate, and it's not from me, but I'm gonna give the exact thing that we see here in scripture. So the first one I wanna mention, if you're taking notes, is the demoniac in the synagogue. This is found in Mark 123 and Luke 4.31. And I hope you're taking notes. This is the very start of Jesus' ministry. Interestingly, Mark 1.23, Jesus just starts Mark 1. It's the oldest gospel. Mark being the first gospel written, making it the oldest gospel. Mark starts out by sharing about how Jesus cast out demons in a synagogue. Remember, these are not bystanders in the synagogue that are off the street coming in, that are, you know, demonized out in the tombs. These are devout Jews. And this is where Jesus decides. Interesting here, because some of you say, well, he would, Christians can never have demons. He decides to start his ministry. And I'm, I'm fully aware that these were not after the cross Christians, but they were believers in God. They were living the, to the law, a righteous life. They were devout Jews and they were living by standard. Probably a lot of us don't live. And so Mark 1.21 they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went in the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. So there's the contrast. Jesus teaches with authority. The teachers of the law teach with no authority. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed, which that word is demonized in the Greek, possessed by an impure spirit, cried out. In verse 24, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? So now the demon is saying, what do you want with us? Plural, not the man, the demon speaking out of the man. So there we go, already one teaching that people say demons don't talk out of us. Right here, the demon talks out of him. Jesus of Nazareth. And this is the question the demon asked Jesus. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So demons know there's going to be a judgment revelation. We've already talked about that in the past. And they're saying, have you come to judge us, to destroy us? Verse 25, this is Jesus' response. He says, be quiet, Jesus said sternly, come out of him. Those are the quotes right there of the words of Jesus. The impure spirit, evil spirit, unclean spirit, foul spirit, the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out with a shriek or with a, yell, a loud yell. So the demon was making the guy shake, which right there people say, we don't let anyone manifest. Okay, well, Jesus did. The man shaking and the man screaming as the demon left, which coincides and runs with Acts 8, where people were screaming as demons left them. It's biblical. Verse 27, here's the response. Are you guys ready? I love this tonight. This is the response of a demon being cast out in the Bible. For those of you that think deliverance isn't necessary. Verse 27, the people were all so amazed. They were what? They were so amazed. And they said, what is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And this is what the Bible says in verse 28. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Another translation says, and Jesus became famous or his fame spread. This is the first time you'll see this in the Bible where Jesus' fame spread. The reason why Jesus' name ended up spreading through Galilee was from the casting out of demons. That's not disputable. That's right there in the text of verse 28 when he did deliverance. Now, did people, after he cast the demon out, worship Satan? No. Did they say, oh, Jesus, don't talk about darkness. That's bad. We shouldn't talk about casting out demons. No. Did they say, oh, Jesus, you should do that in the back room? No. They were amazed. 
They gave, man, let's talk about this guy. Let's share. Let's spread his news. He uh, Impure spirits obey him. There's an awe there's a wonder when demons are cast out in Christ's authority. So lesson number one, Jesus' teaching with authority caused the man to manifest. The man had never manifested a demon before, but all of a sudden Jesus teaches with authority, with power, and suddenly demons begin to surface. This was not some dull laid back. This was preaching with power, preaching with authority. And the crowd goes, what is this a new teaching? This guy teaches with authority. We have never seen this before. And I'm telling you right now, you may not be seeing demons manifest in your church because the teaching's not with authority. You're not preaching under the unction, the anointing of God that empowers you to preach the gospel. So they thought this was a new, a new teaching. Now the demon comes to the surface because of the preaching of authority and the presence of Jesus. The presence of God causes demons to manifest. The presence of God gets demons to come out of hiding. So it's a normal thing when we're in services, just on Sunday, people were manifesting in service. You know, when there's anointed preaching, demons manifest. When the word of God is preached with power, demons can't help but to reveal themselves and fear the Lord. Number two, the demon screamed out of the man. The scripture is referring to the demon, not the man. And this is what you'll see oftentimes when you're casting out demons is the demons will scream out of the people. The demons will speak out of the people. The demons will volunteer information. So we need to understand and we need to discern and learn what's from God and what's from the demonic realm. I have been in churches where people are shaking violently or they are acting like animals and making animal noises and they say that's the Holy Spirit or they're slithering like snakes and they say that's the Holy Spirit. If you don't have discernment, you may think that, but it's not. It's a de- oftentimes a demonic spirit. Now, of course, we can shake in the presence of God. The Bible says the mountains tremble at his presence. So shaking is not always demonic, but you have to be able to discern when someone's shrieking and convulsing, there are times where it's demonic. If somebody's screaming on the top of their lungs and convulsing during a service or an altar call or while you're praying for them, Usually that's not the Holy Spirit. So you got to be careful not to say, oh, that's just the Holy Spirit touching them. Usually it's a demonic spirit surfacing and yelling is a part of that. Uh, verse 24, it says, this is what they said. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. And see, if you see here, us is plural. So this was a demon speaking out, okay? So us, not just we, but us. So me, the guy, whatever other spirits are there, which was probably more than one spirit. Again, this was a devout Jew in the synagogue. Interesting that Jesus' deliverance ministry started in the modern day church. It was in the synagogues. Now, Mark, I believe it's 138 or 139. I don't have it down tonight, but I think it's 139. Someone can type it in the chat. Says, and Jesus went from synagogue to synagogue casting out demons. And Jesus went from synagogue to synagogue casting out demons. So where was he doing deliverance in initially? I'm I'm trying to talk slow to be very meticulous on what I'm saying here and, and be articulate. He was casting out demons in the synagogues. The idea that deliverance is for the guy on the corner and not the Christian, not the believer, not those that trust in God, is an anti-biblical idea because even Jesus in Mark 1, now I know everyone's gonna say, well, those weren't Christians, those were Jews and they weren't saved yet and all that. These were believers in God. They were following God the best of their ability, waiting for the Messiah. And if you read your Bible, many of those in the synagogue, even in Acts, got converted. Now, not all of them did. And in some, when Jesus was around, did follow Jesus and did get converted. And then in Acts, many of those in the synagogue got converted. But I want you, especially you new people, maybe you already know this. It's okay. It's a refresher tonight for you review is 
Mark 139, synagogue to synagogue, casting out demons. So where was he doing it? In the synagogues. Number three, we know that demons from this, demons want nothing to do with Jesus. They hate Jesus. One of the reasons why demons hate you is because you resemble God. You're made in his image. So they hate you because they hate him and they can't hurt him. They can't affect him. So why do they, are demons so violent and wanting to hurt us, kill us, destroy us? It's because we're made in the image of God and because they can't hurt God, because God is in heaven, they want to hurt God's image. We are in the image of God. We are made in Genesis 1 in the image of God. So demons hate you so much. They want to destroy you so much because you are made in the image of God. Demons hate God. They want nothing to do with him. And when he, when they manifest, oftentimes they'll say, what do you want from us? What do you come for? We know who you are. They'll laugh. A lot of demons will start laughing when they manifest to try to downplay it, to get you just to ignore them, to get you to think it's the Holy Spirit. But you have to use discernment and go after these demons. Now, I want you to go to also, I want to give out another point, point four here. Jesus told the demons to be quiet. Now, this has been used oftentimes by deliverance haters. I'll just call them for what they are. I mean, why should I keep saying religious people? Deliverance haters. It's used by them to say, well, we should never talk to demons, right? We don't want to talk to demons. But I want you to notice the reason why Jesus told the demon to be quiet was not because he doesn't want us talking to demons or we should never ask their name or nothing like that. It was because he didn't want them to reveal who he was before it was time. He wanted the people to come into a revelation. If you look at who Jesus, and I'll prove this to you, when Jesus healed people, he would say, don't tell anybody. Why? Because I don't want everybody knowing I'm the Messiah without me or without them coming to the knowledge themselves. Remember he told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven, Peter got the revelation. Why does God speak in parables, mysteries, riddles? And so those that would seek him would get the revelation and those that are just spectators would miss what he's saying. That's why Jesus speaks in mysteries and in, in, um, uh, in parables. It's the revelation, the unveiling, the unwrapping. So when Jesus said, be quiet, it's because the demon was saying, you're the son of God. Not because Jesus said, we shouldn't talk to demons. That's not the context of why he was telling the demon to be quiet. Again, he told the disciples, don't tell people. He told people he healed, don't tell anybody because he didn't want everybody knowing immediately. And especially demons who knew who he was, who trembled to say who he was. And I also want to point out one thing that's interesting that I want you to write down. Can demons lie? Yes. Do demons lie? Yes. But let me give you an interesting thing to think about. There's not one verse in all of scripture where a demon lied, especially during deliverance. So this idea that we shouldn't talk to demons because they always lie is not true. Oftentimes demons do tell the truth because they want to leave when you're commanding them to go. They're being tormented and they don't want to live in a person who's serving God. So oftentimes demons will tell you the truth. But you need to let the Holy Spirit lead you when it comes to that. And I have a whole video on when we should talk to demons, when we shouldn't, how long is too long, and all of that. But yes, Jesus told the demon to be silent so it wouldn't reveal who he was. Okay, point five, I want to draw to this, and we're going to go to the next story. Jesus did this deliverance in front of everyone during the service. So please, let me just take my time here. Hear what I'm saying. He did not take the man into the back room in Mark 1. And that could be a good option sometimes, but he dealt with the demon on the spot, and the Bible says the man shook violently and and let out a loud screech. So for those of you that are just keyboard warriors on all of our videos saying, you shouldn't be doing this in public, it's dangerous, tell that to Jesus, because Jesus did it in public. You don't see him taking people to a dark alley to cast a demon out or to a back room. There's nothing wrong with that if you're in a church service and the demon's disrupting the preaching, of course. Bring them to the back room. But I want you to note that Jesus did this in public. So the idea that, again, this is just what Jesus did. It's not my teaching. It's what Jesus did in the text. 
Jesus did the deliverance in public. This idea that a demon will jump off of one person onto another is not a scriptural idea, okay? That's a man-made idea. To, the devil's created, so we'd be, we'd be afraid to cast him out. So now we think, oh, we're scared. You know, it's going to jump out of one to the other, and the devil keeps us not doing deliverance because we believe that. It's not scriptural according to this verse. Jesus did it in front of everybody. And he didn't say, don't manifest, be quiet in one minute. The demon screamed, the guy shook violently, and then the demon came out. So, and, and let's look at what was the reaction of the people. Again, I'm trying my best to break this down for you. The reaction was, they were amazed. They were in awe. They said, what is this? We we're in awe. Who were they in awe of? Type it in the chat. Who were they in awe of? They were not in awe of the devil. They were in awe of Jesus. That's who they were in awe of, and we know this because the next verse says, and Jesus' fame spread throughout all of Galilee. So please, again, I'm just trying to break these false, terrible teachings that you guys listen to, that if we talk about deliverance too much, then it's going to bring glory to the devil. Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? It's not. It's not in the Bible. And to say don't talk about deliverance or don't talk about casting out demons too much, you're telling me not to talk about the ministry of Jesus. Ugh, that's scary. Think about this. To say, don't talk about casting out demons is to say, don't talk about the ministry of Jesus. To say, don't talk about casting out demons too much is to say, don't talk about what Jesus did so much. Relax, Isaiah. You don't need to keep talking about what Jesus did. Deliverance does not bring glory to Satan. It brings glory to Jesus. Thank the Lord for exposing this tonight. Are you guys weary of all these preachers that don't do deliverance saying these false statements like, we shouldn't focus on it. We shouldn't worry about demons. We shouldn't go looking for them. Where's that in the Bible? It's not. What did Jesus do in Matthew 10? Sent them out to cast out demons. What did he do in Luke 10? Sent the 72. Where did he send them out to do what? to cast out demons. Is somebody getting free in the chat or is it just me? Am I getting, am I the only one getting this download right here? So yes, they went out looking for demons. He, now he didn't say, hang out in the synagogue every Sunday morning until the demons come to us. Wait for them to come to you because they're probably not going to come to you because they hate you. Ding, 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 mind blown. The demons, I'm just gonna wait for them to come to me. They're not going to. They're going to keep the people that have them away from you because you are in the image of God. Man, this is good. I'm going for it tonight, okay? So, this idea that we shouldn't go looking for them is not a biblical idea. I'm sorry to say it. Uh, that, that's what the Bible says here. Jesus sent them. Sent them. Sent, 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 sent to go do the work. Praise the Lord. Okay, story number two. Again, we're going through all seven of Jesus' deliverances where he cast demons out of people and again we know at the end of john that the bible says if he did everything he did was written it would fill up the whole world we know that when he went from synagogue to synagogue casting out demons how many deliverances we don't know i'm only going through the ones the bible describes so let me make that clear he did more than seven deliverances but the gospels record seven deliverances okay so i hope i made that clear of course he did countless other miracles the bible says number two jesus delivers the man at the tomb okay this is found in Luke 8:26, Mark 5, and Matthew 8:28. And let me just give you the Luke's account because I'm not going to read through all the accounts, but Luke's account is this. In Luke 8:26, then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is the opposite of Galilee. And when he stepped on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. He wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but lived in the tombs. Okay, so the man came to Jesus. I want you to remember that. Verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out fell before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. 
Again, a demon speaking out of a person recognizing who Jesus is. Verse 29, for he had commanded. Now, this is where I want you guys to pay attention. I'm going to try to go slow here, even though it's hard for me. I want you to listen to what it says here in verse 29. Are you guys ready? For he, this is Jesus, capital H, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demons into the wilderness. Okay, I want you to see what it says. For Jesus had commanded. So Jesus had already, Derek Prince says in the Greek, this meant Jesus was continually commanding. Meaning Jesus said this multiple times, come out, come out, come out. He had commanded the demon to come out. Verse 30, notice the demon didn't come out. Okay, I want you to notice what verse 30 says. Jesus asked him, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, who? The demon. Because remember, Jesus is talking to the demon. The demon says, what do you, why have you come to torment me? What do you want with me, Jesus, the most son of the most high God? So now Jesus is asking the demon its name. Very important. The demon responds, legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go into the abyss. This is the only place in the Bible where we can find where demons don't want to go. And it's the abyss or the pit. I have an entire video. Just search my channel. So they don't want to go to the abyss or pit. So that's where we send them. That's all I could say about that. That's the only place in scripture where the demons say we don't want to go here. So they beg him, the demons, not the man, of course, not to send us into the abyss. Verse 32. Now we heard of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter and he permitted them to go into the pigs. Then the demons went out of the man and went enter the pigs and the herd ran violently down the steep place in the lake and drowned. So all the pigs died when the demons entered them. Talk about destructive. Verse 34. When those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told the city and in the country. So they saw the pigs fleeing the demon got cast out of the man they ran and told the city verse 35 then they went out to see what happened and he came to jesus and they found the man from whom the demons had left sitting at the feet of jesus clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid that is such an incredible verse look look, look at this look at this. don't click off watch this watch what it says here they found the man whom the demons left sitting at the feet of jesus this is what happens when you get delivered you're like, I just want to sit at the feet of Jesus. But here's what he is. He goes from being butt naked. That's what the Bible says. To now, at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And this is the response. One sentence. It's this long. And they were afraid. This is the American church. We want demons to be cast out. Lord, do come to our church and do deliverance. And then Jesus does deliverance and we're all afraid. Oh no, we're afraid. We're afraid now that people are getting free but you're not afraid when they're living in sin. You're not worried when they're addicted, but now that they're vomiting on our new carpet at the church, you're afraid? This is crazy. They didn't mind the guy out in the graveyards in shackles, but they mind him now that he's in his right mind and clothing. Now they're afraid. They weren't afraid when he was out in the tombs. As long as he's out of sight, out of mind, man, I'm preaching tonight. But now that he's in his right mind, we're afraid. This is crazy. This is in, uh, for those of you asking, Luke 8, 26 is the, is the story I'm reading. So this guy, considered obviously mentally ill, highly demonized, living among the tombs, uh, living among, which we'd probably just call a mental hospital. This guy would be in a mental hospital today. We would just label him as he's schizophrenic, he's bipolar, and we'd put him in a mental hospital somewhere, but he was demonized. So let's look at a couple characteristics. Number one, he had supernatural strength. The Bible says he could not be restrained by chains. And this is very common in deliverance when you're casting out demons. 
Demons will empower the person and give them supernatural strength. So be careful when you're casting out demons that you have multiple people. Don't try to do it by yourself because demons have supernatural strength and oftentimes they will empower the person's body to break the chains. I want to really, again, I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm giving you the text. The demons empowered the man's body to break the chains. That's what happens, okay? It's demon strength. They're able to empower people's physical bodies. So the man in himself couldn't break the shackles. But when he had demons in him, he was able to break those chains, the Bible says. So the demons gave him supernatural strength. Number two, the demon did not leave immediately. This is so crucial because this wipes out all these guys that say, oh, it just leaves right away. And when I command it to go, it just goes. No, all you're telling me is you don't do deliverance. Because if you do deliverance for real, you'll know that most of the time demons don't leave right away. Usually there's a legal right. The demon's stubborn. It takes persistence. It's a wrestling match, Paul says in Ephesians 6. It's not just instant. It takes time. So again, verse 29, he had commanded the unclean spirit to leave the man. And then verse 30, what is your name? Okay, this is Jesus, the son of God. This is Jesus, 100% divine, 100% human, empowered by the Holy Spirit, come out of the man, the demon doesn't leave, that's what the text says, and then Jesus says, what is your name? So don't, don't fret, don't be discouraged if the demon doesn't leave right away. We're not Jesus, okay? Jesus is much more powerful than we are. We're just interns, and so it's not going to always be instant and quick. I'm telling you, and Ryan in the chat said, for the longest for us, it's been in six hours. I've been in six-hour deliverances. Now, I know people are going to say, oh, why would it take that long if I was doing it? Oh, yeah, well, let's see you do it. Okay, so all the guys that say, if I was doing it, when I do it, show me one video. Just show me one video where a demon left in one minute for you. Now, sometimes demons do leave in one minute or five minutes, but I can promise you the guys preaching that are not doing deliverance. I'm telling you, just please trust me on this. Okay, number three, he was like a wild animal. The Bible says nobody could tame the man. He was like a wild animal. We see this today. People walking down the road, barking, growling, talking themselves, making animal noises. Sadly, the world labels these people as mentally ill. My take on mental illness, I know my friends don't agree. It's okay. I love all of you. Everybody's amazing. Praise the Lord. I believe and I see, I think that a lot of schizophrenia, bipolar, um, all these compulsive PTSD, these issues people have, these mental illnesses, I believe a lot of them are demonic. That's what I believe. I believe a lot of them are demons. There's no cure for them. I believe they're spirits. They come through trauma. They come from cir circumstances, situations. Oh, it becomes an open door for the demon. The demon comes in and makes us schizophrenic, makes us bipolar, makes us you know, have depression, suicidal thoughts. These are from demons. I really do believe that. And this is what this guy was going through. Nobody could tame him. He was walking around like a wild animal. He was breaking chains. He was living at a graveyard. God only knows what he was eating, but this was the characteristics. Okay, number four, lessons of this story was Jesus required the demon to identify itself. Jesus knew who the demon was. He wasn't ignorant. Jesus knew. He even knew people's thoughts, but he wanted to have the demon identify itself, I believe, for one, to show us that it's biblical to ask the demon what his name is, but also that when demons are exposed, they lose power. So a demon saying its name, it loses power. Now, the way I do deliverance, I never start out by saying, what is your name? I command the demons to leave. I spend a good couple minutes doing that. And if the demons don't leave and they're stubborn, then I will ask them their name. Why do I do that? Because that's what Jesus did. 
He commanded the demon to go. The demon didn't go. Then he asked the demon, what is your name? And the demon said, legion, for there's many of us in this man. So that's my method because that's Jesus's method. So that's a biblical way to do it. Command it to go. If it doesn't go, ask its name. Okay, number five, one person can have thousands of demons. That's a fact. Um, a legion represents as many as 5,000. So I've had people, demons say, there's a thousand of us. There's a hundred of us. There's 20 of us. Don't get discouraged. Don't get unbelief and don't get wore out if someone says I have 100 demons, just command them to go. Okay, work through it, work with them, ask the demon what's the chief, what's the demon in charge, and then go after that one. I have all the details of that. Again, on my channel, I have over 60 hours of teaching on this. But yes, I always ask the chief demon, the prince demon, the most powerful demon to identify itself, and that's the demon I try to get out first. And oftentimes I will command that demon or all the lower ranking demons to bind themselves with that demon and all leave at once. So it doesn't have to be this dramatic thing if someone has a thousand demons. I've met people that have a thousand demons and we just command them to go and you work through it. God will get you through by his grace. Okay, that wraps up that story. The third I, uh, the third deliverance Jesus did that's uh, in the scripture is Jesus delivering a blind and mute man. Again, I'm just gonna pull a couple lessons out of each one. If, you, if you'll give me like uh, 30 minute, minutes, 25 minutes, type one in the chat here. Matthew 12, 22 and Luke 11:14. 14. Jesus delivers a man who's blind and mute. Guys, if you stay with me by the end of this teaching, you'll know you'll know every single deliverance Jesus did in all of the Gospels. So I'm making this easy for you guys, giving you the overview, giving you all the scriptures. You'll literally know every deliverance that Jesus did that's identified in scripture. All right, this is gonna be in Luke 11, 14, but also Matthew 12, 22. One, one day, Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak. That's a great sentence right there. Let me read that one more time. One, I love the Bible. Do you guys love the Bible? I'm sorry, I get all excited reading the Bible. One day, Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak. That's so powerful. It's like, that's all you need right there. And then here's the reaction. Love this. The crowds were amazed. I love that. No one's praising Satan. They're amazed. But some of them said, no wonder he casts out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Verse 16, others trying to test Jesus demanded that he show a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. Verse 17, he knew their thoughts, so he said, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A family splintered by feuding or fighting is going to fall apart. You say, this is the words of Jesus, verse 18, you say, I'm empowered by Satan, but if Satan is divided, fighting against himself, how will his kingdom survive? Man, that is so powerful. Jesus gets accused. Now, some people are amazed, like when we do deliverance. Others, okay, that make videos about us. Those people say, oh, of course he does de deliverance. He casts their demons. Isaiah uses de the devil's power. Isaiah, you know, Isaiah is a false teacher. He's empowered by the devil. He uses new age powers. Um, this is what they accuse Jesus of. And Jesus' response is, there's no way that a kingdom that has civil war going on can survive. No kingdom with civil war. No family that's fighting can stay together. They're going to fall apart. So how am I empowered by Satan casting out Satan? Like a kingdom divided can't stand that's the principle so uh, lesson one the demons were preventing the man from speaking not only speaking but matthew tells us also seeing this was a blind and mute man if you read matthew it says that he couldn't speak or see if you read luke it says he couldn't speak so the man couldn't speak or hear he was also couldn't couldn't speak or see okay let me make my statement there so he didn't say he was deaf but he was mute meaning he couldn't speak and he couldn't see 
because of what it, what what was it from chat was it a disease was he born this way was it oh you just need a prescription or you you know it's just a sickness they've always had it the kid you know they're a demon the demon prevented him from being able to speak or being able to see so the demon took his vision and stopped him from speaking that's prophetic demons want to rob us of our vision and stop us from opening up our mouth don't let the devil steal your voice don't let the devil take your shout don't let the devil stop you from speaking out the word of God. The demons want to do this in a real, not just spiritual sense, but in a real physical sense. So if we see people that are blind or we see people, oh no, we just lost something here. Did we lose Facebook? No. All right. Hopefully we're still good. Hopefully we're still live. It looks like we just, no, no, we're back. Okay. We dropped out of something here. If you're still here, type one. So this was a demon. Again, we would write this off today. I want you to see the difference here. We'd write this off and say, they're just blind. They were born that way. They just can't speak. They're just mute, deaf, whatever. Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't just diagnose them. He knows that it's a demon and he casts the demon out of them. Okay. Uh, number two, people accuse Jesus of being of Satan when he cast out demons. Welcome. Join the club. People accuse Jesus of being of Satan when he cast out demons. And Jesus responds by how could a kingdom divided stand? Number three, a kingdom divided can't stand. Another principle. Satan has a kingdom and Satan's kingdom works together jesus shows us here satan has a kingdom so he has an entire establishment and rankings and all of that we've talked about before i have a great video on the channel called exposing satan's kingdom where i talk about the structure of satan's kingdom he has a kingdom and the demons work together if you cast demons out you know demons work together in deliverance so if you're doing deliverance on demons that are working together then the team doing the deliverance the group of you guys should be also working together so don't don't be in a deliverance where people are disunified don't be in deliverance where people are in discord and people are fighting each other and unbelief is in the group make sure that your group is unified and there's unity because the devil plays on disunity number four after the deliverance the man was able to speak see hear and worship god there's an actual life change after deliverance. He was able to now worship. And sometimes it's that dramatic. Other times it's not as dramatic, but you will see physical change. And I'm trying to, again, emphasize some of this stuff because it's important. Physical change after deliverance. Yeah, I've shared with this many times with you guys. Before I was delivered, I had big black dark circles around my eyes. After I was delivered, the black circles were gone, okay? That's because physically your countenance changes. You'll look at people before deliverance and after they look physically different. So this man physically was completely different. Okay, number four, we're moving here. I know we're long tonight, but we're moving because I want to get through all these. We're going to go quick. Number four, this is the boy who brought his son to Jesus. Okay, Mark 9, 14, Matthew 17, 14, and Luke 9, 37. This was actually a failed deliverance by the disciples. Let's look at Mark 9, 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought my, you my son who has a mute spirit. Okay, notice it says mute spirit there. The Bible identifies spirits by name. Unlike a lot of these guys that teach this, no names, we don't need names for demons. That's not what the Bible says. Has a mute spirit. Verse 18, and wherever it seizes him, the demon throws him down, he foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth or grinds his teeth and his teeth become rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they couldn't do it. Okay. The boy, because of the demon, is grinding his teeth and his teeth are becoming sharp or rigid because he's going like this and he's grinding them together. The demon's causing him to foam at the mouth, grind his teeth. Stay with me. Verse 19. 
He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long should I be with you? How long should I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then he brought, then they brought him to him. They brought him, the boy, to him, Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately, notice what it says. When the boy saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground, wallowed around, and foamed at the mouth. Verse 21, so he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? The father said from childhood and often the spirit, the demon will throw him into the fire and then throw him into the water to destroy him. So the demon is trying to kill the boy. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible to them, that to him that believes. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out with tears saying, Lord, help my unbelief. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it, Notice what Jesus said, not Isaiah, not Derek Prince. Notice what Jesus said, deaf and dumb spirit. I command you, come out of him and enter no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed greatly. Here we see this again. The boy's convulsing. He's shaking. He's convulsing. And it came out of him and he became as one dead. So the man, so many said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand, lift him up and he arose. When he had come into the house, the disciples came privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Okay, the question is, why can't we get the demon out of the boy? Jesus said this kind or this type of spirit only comes out by prayer and fasting. Okay, number one, the demon was trying to kill the boy. He was, the demon was throwing the boy in water and fire. The demon's job in our lives is to destroy us. That's their goal. Whether that's under eating, overeating, drinking too much, drinking too little, drug addiction, pills, uh, doesn't matter. People say, well, how could you have a spirit of anorexia? Or how could you have a spirit of gluttony? Because if you're anorexic, you can die from it. And if you eat, overeat, you can die from being obese and overeating. Both spirits will kill you. Well, how could a spirit of, uh, you know, rage kill you because you can get in a rage in a fight with somebody and you can end up getting killed in road rage or any other rage so i just want you to remember that all these demons we talk about all these things we deal with that we're casting out of people their ultimate job is to destroy you we know this that jesus said the thief comes to steal kill and destroy the ultimate goal is death that's what the demons want to do. Now, they can't make you do something, but they can give you a thought to do it. They can't make you cut your arm, but they can keep telling you, just cut your arm. It'll make the pain go away. So the demons will talk to you and make you do it, but their job is to destroy the pe to destroy us. And we see that because the demon was trying to kill the boy. Number two, the demon manifested in foaming at the mouth, convulsing and falling to the ground. When Jesus cast it out, the demon was screaming and the boy became one that was dead. So please, all of you that say, I don't let demons manifest, tell Jesus that. Tell Jesus that. Because right here, Jesus let the boy manifest. He didn't say, stop convulsing, stop foaming. He commanded it to go. He let the boy convulse. He let the boy fall over. He let the boy foam at the mouth. And the boy was as if he was dead. You will see in deliverance that when a demon's cast out, people fall over and lay down like they're dead. They're out, completely passed out. And then after a couple seconds, they'll wake up and come too. You know, get them up, you're fine. But this is normal and this is Jesus. So please, again, I scratch my head when I listen to some of these big preachers say, I don't let demons manifest. I just command them to go. Like they have all this authority when Jesus let them manifest in all these stories. So yes, demons manifest with foaming at the mouth, convulsing, vomiting, all that stuff is, is scriptural. Number three, Jesus commanded the demon out by name. Okay, verse, I know you guys are like, wow, this goes against everything I've been taught by these guys on deliverance. I'm ho I hope I'm helping you tonight. Please let me know if I am. Am I the only one here? Am I helping myself maybe? Verse 25, this is Jesus, not Isaiah or Derek Prince. 
Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out and enter no more. It is biblical to command demons out by their name and command them to not enter anymore. So that's biblical. Many people say you don't need to command them by name or you don't even need to know the name. But interesting that the, bo the boy's father told Jesus the name and Jesus commanded the demon out by name. Oftentimes demons respond to their name. If you have a neighbor's dog come over and you yell at it and say, go, go, it won't listen. But if you tell, know the dog's name, the demon responds, I'm sorry, the dog will respond to its name. That's often how demons function. They respond to their name. So you need to be direct about it. Number four. Jesus said this type of spirit only comes out by prayer and fasting. If you're a lazy Christian and you're just lazy, don't get in deliverance ministry. You need to have a disciplined life of prayer and fasting because some types of demons are too strong that you actually have to pray and fast. It's not just, just come out and the demon goes. It's only by prayer and fasting. So prayer and fasting, it gives you supernatural power. It gives you authority. So that's very important. Number five, in every instance of children being delivered, it was their parents bringing the child to Jesus. Okay, Jesus delivered two children that we know of in the Gospels. Both times the parents came and brought him to Jesus. So there's some type of spiritual authority we have over our children. All right, number five story. Again, we're almost done here. We're going to talk about Jesus delivering the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. This is in Mark 7, 24 and Matthew 15, 21. Mark 7, 24. From there, he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. Okay, so he doesn't want no one to know he's there, but he can't be hidden. Verse 25. A woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Her daughter wasn't there, but she comes on behalf of her daughter. Jesus, please cast the demon out of my daughter. Okay. Verse 27. And Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. For then he said to her, go your way. The demons have gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her home, she found that the demons had left and her daughter was lying on the bed. Okay, basically, here's a story. A woman comes begging Jesus for deliverance for her daughter. She's not eligible because she's a Greek. And Jesus said, listen, I got to give this to the children first, children of Israel, my people, and I don't want to cast this to the Greeks. I don't want to cast this to the dogs. And she said, yes, but even the dogs go under the children's table and eat their bread. And Jesus, because of her faith, delivers her. What was the children's bread? Okay, very simple. I know people say this wasn't deliverance, but listen, she's asking for deliverance. Lord, cast the demon out of my daughter. Jesus says the children's bread, this deliverance, the power to cast out demons is not for you. It's for my children. Right there, can Christian have demons? Well, it's the children's bread. It's not the, you know, the unbeliever's bread. It's the children's bread. So that was deliverance, the children's bread. And she says, I'll even eat the crumbs. You know, I'm desperate. And then Jesus gives her the children's bread and delivers her daughter. So that's the children's bread. Don't let anyone twist it and say, well, in the original context, in the Greek, that's literally what the text says. And it's, it's literal. It's not, you don't need a special interpretation. The children's bread in this context was what she was asking for. That was deliverance. So number one thing we learn, children can be demonized. Okay. The Greek signifies she was a very young daughter and she brought, again, brought her daughter, came on behalf of her daughter for Jesus to deliver her daughter. The devil targets children. I know what all of you think that are new to this. How could the a child have the devil in him? That's not fair. And why would God ever let uh, children have demons? And that just doesn't seem right. And why would Jesus do this? 
It's not fair, but the there's no such thing as fair in the devil's vocabulary. So yes, children can be demonized. If your kid's two, three years old, acting crazy, trying to kill themselves, trying to jump in water or fire, foaming at the mouth, being extremely angry, saying things they shouldn't be saying or things they don't even know about, it's likely they have a demon cast it out of them instead of debating whether it's there or not. Number two, parents are not only guardians of their kids, but spiritual guardians. Again, we see her bringing her request to Jesus on behalf of her daughter. Every instance of deliverance with children, which is two in the gospels, the parents came to Jesus. So come to Jesus with faith, come to Jesus boldly on behalf of your kids. Number three, deliverance is the children's bread. Okay. The translation is deliverance is for God's people. That's what Jesus was saying. And this lady was not God's chosen. She was of the world, but Jesus, because of her faith, she became eligible to receive deliverance. Okay. Number four, faith is important to deliverance. Faith is important to you deliverance. Matthew 15, 28 says, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. The reason why Jesus cast the demon out of her daughter was because of her faith. That is what it says in Matthew 15, 28. Great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. Faith is required not only for salvation, not only for baptism and healing and miracles. Faith is required for deliverance. The worst thing you can do when you're going into a deliverance session is to not believe they're going to get set free. If you go in and start casting out a demon and you think you don't think it's going to come out, then stop the deliverance, okay? You need to be convinced this demon's coming out in Jesus' name. I'm not asking you, we don't ask demons, hey, do you want to leave? No, I command you in Jesus' name, come out in Jesus' name, come out. We're not asking you, we're telling you what to do. You got to have the faith and that boldness there. Okay, number five, we're almost done. Jesus delivers a mute man. This one's very short. This is in Matthew 9.32. I'm sorry, number six. The last, the woman with the uh, daughter was number five. Number six, Jesus delivers a mute man. Matthew 9, 32. While they were going out, a man who was demonized and could not talk was brought to Jesus. When the demon was driven out, this is a very quick one. When the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute began, began to speak. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisee said, it's by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. I, I love this. Because the guy's mute, he can't speak. Jesus cast the demon out of him. The crowd is amazed like they always are. The, the, the crowd loves it. The people love it. And then here's the Pharisees. And this is the Pharisees. It's by the prince of demons he casts out demons. He's doing it because of the devil. The devil's giving him power. They're just so crusty. They're so slimy. I mean, I listened to, I was listening to a video the other day of a guy that does this. He's like, it's not for today. And we shouldn't be casting out demons. We don't need it anymore. I'm just like, ugh. You're so slimy. Why? Why do you have to be so crusty? Stop. Stop. Why are you calling the work of the Holy Spirit the work of the devil? That's blasphemy. Guys, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you call the work of Jesus or the Holy Spirit the work of Satan. And in fact, Jesus said the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you start seeing a deliverance and say, that's Satan doing it. That's literally what Jesus calls the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I need to do a video on that because people miss that. So yeah, it's just slimy. It's weird. Um, Jesus delivers the mute man. One thing I want to point out is people were shocked because they had never seen anything like this. And this is a reaction you're going to get from pastors, leaders, other Christians. They're going to deny it. They're going to talk against it because they've never seen it before. They've never seen deliverance. So it's going to be new, but you have to embrace it because Jesus tells us to. Um, that's point one is it, they were shocked. They've never seen it. Number two, the Pharisees again, number two point of this story is calling Jesus the prince of demons. It's like, dude, just go away. Go away. You don't even do deliverance. Leave us alone. 
How about you just stay hiding out and let us cast out demons and just leave us alone. I'm begging you, leave us alone. Let us cast out demons and you keep doing whatever you do, saying it's not real, live in denial. One day you can come and we'll deliver you. But it's like, man, these Pharisees are just always harassing Jesus. They're always coming after Jesus. Always, why you do it that way? And you don't need to do it that way. And why are you calling him out by name? And why are you saying it multiple times? And why are you commanding them? And why are you talking to it? And why are you letting it talk? And they're, they're just negative. Just go away. Nobody wants you around here. Let us cast our demons and you can just keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. Number seven is Luke 13, 10. This is the last story. And then we're going to pray. Luke 13, 10. A woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Okay, I love this one. And we'll go quick here. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Wow. Here we see it again. A name of a spirit. A spirit of infirmity. And was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Verse 12 of Luke 13. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. Oh, here we go again. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which we can work. Therefore, come and do it on those days and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, the Lord then answered and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it to water? So not, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all of his adversaries were put to shame. I love Jesus. And all the multitude, here we go again, rejoice for the glorious things that were done by him. What were the glorious things he did? Casting out demons. What was the response? They rejoice. They praise the Lord. Again, this idea that the devil gets glory when we cast him out. You know, we don't want to show people because we don't want to glorify Satan. Don't post deliverance videos. We don't want to glorify Satan. What? What? Jesus gets glory in deliverance videos. When we post deliverance videos, people see the devil get cast out of someone and they glorify, go, thank you, Jesus for delivering that person. So this was not, nobody worships the devil after deliverance. This idea is man-made, okay? It's not biblical. Jesus preaching 18 years, bound by a demon. Jesus sets her free. Um, this was again in the synagogue, okay? Christians oftentimes need deliverance. This is a daughter of Abraham. She's eligible for deliverance. She's a daughter of Abraham. Jesus delivers her. Um, number one lesson we learn is demons cause infirmities. Okay, many sicknesses are often demonic. Not every sickness, but many sicknesses. Oftentimes, they would bring the sick to Jesus and he'd cast demons out of them. So you, you can see a lot of times in scripture where physical sickness is tied into a demonic spirit. Okay, and if this whole neck thing I got going on here where I can't move, I'm paralyzed in pain for days, if it's a demon, maybe I should go get a deliverance. I don't care. I'll go get a deliverance. I should have had someone pray for me on Sunday. I'll have someone pray for me and cast it out of me. If it's a spirit of infirmity attacking me or in me, I'm not going to worry. To, How did it get there? I'm a man of God. I, I would never have a demon. 99% of pastors would never admit that it's possible they have a demon. I have no pride to salvage. If I have a spirit of infirmity messing with my neck and my back and it's causing me to not be able to bend my head and I, I'm just, I, this is revelation I'm getting because of the story. I mean, this is on the spot here. I didn't have this in notes. Then, hey, Cast that devil out of me. Like, yes, me, Isaiah Saldivar, the deliverance guy, the deliverance map, network leader, whatever you want to call it. I have no shame in my getting deliverance game. So yes, cast the devil out of me for sure. 
For sure. If it's a spirit of infirmity, get it out. I'm not going to say, I'm holy. How could a demon be in me? I didn't open any doors. I have no clue what every door is. Maybe a door did open. Maybe a demon did come in. So get it out. I'm not going to argue about it. Let's get free. If you don't have that mentality as a preacher, pastor, leader, you're, you're prideful. Period. Period. If you can't get to a place where you say, maybe I need this. Maybe I need freedom tonight. Maybe I need breakthrough. Even though I'm a man of God, I'm a leader, I'm living holy, I'm living righteous, I'm not intentionally sinning at all, but maybe there's something somehow got in and it's tormenting me, I'm going to get freedom. Or just do what most pastors do, live your entire life in demonic bondage and preach against deliverance. All right. <laughs> Number three, very important, and we're about to be done here. We're doing good. An hour and 20 minutes, we're good. Number three, manifestations of demons are not always evident. Okay, one of the most common questions I get is, does there always have to be a manifestation when a demon comes out? No, this woman didn't manifest. At least scripture doesn't say she did. She might have, but it doesn't say um, she didn't manifest. She wasn't growling. She wasn't convulsing, shaking. The demon just left her when Jesus said, be loosed. Um, number four, Jesus laid hands on her. I know people preach against this. Don't lay hands on people in deliverance. The spirit will jump out of them and go through your arms and go. Not biblical. Stop it. Jesus, excuse me. Jesus laid hands on her. So it's no problem. It's no problem. Lay your hand on their shoulder. Whatever you could do, lay your hands on them. And it's biblical to lay hands during deliverance. The demon is not going to come out of them. Go through your arm. Now, let me let me mention a phenomenon that often happens, okay? Oftentimes, if I have a demon, say I have a demon, and I'm trying to do deliverance on a friend of mine, and the demon comes out of them, and all of a sudden now I'm being tormented by a demon, it's not because their demon jumped out of them into me. It's because the demon that I cast out of them, it made the demon in me mad. It woke that demon up. That's what happened. So don't think, oh, the demon jumped on me because I was fine until I did deliverance. No, the demon was hiding. Now that you cast the demon out, you threaten the demon. Now it knows you know it's there. Now it's acting crazy because it's exposing itself. So I want to make that very clear for those of you that are like, I just did a deliverance and now all of a sudden I have demon attacking me. It's because you already had the demon. It was just hiding and just go get delivered. Don't freak out. Just go get delivered. It's biblical, y'all. So Jesus laid hands on number five. Jesus was entitled to deliverance because remember, deliverance is the children's bread. Don't stress. You can go back and watch this. Write these down. If you missed them, you can write them down. The Bible clearly says she was a daughter of Abraham and Jesus said, did she not deserve to be loose? Okay. We do deliverance on people because it's part of the work that Jesus did on the cross. And this is the last thing. And I love ending with this tonight. And then we're going to pray. Very important. Don't leave. Do people not deserve to be loosed? Let me say this. I know, again, I have critics in the chat. Thank you for being here. I'm giving you an hour and 20 minutes of free content that you can use on all of your um, videos about how I'm false. So here's all the free content for you. I'll keep providing you free content daily videos. Here's my question to you. Those of you that baby don't do deliverance, don't believe in it, you're cynical, negative, whatever. Don't people deserve to be loosed? The question Jesus posed was, you go loose your donkeys to give them water. Doesn't this woman deserve after 18 years bound by the devil, deserve to be loosed, let free of her chains and bondage. That's what being loosed is, let free. So if we preach against it or don't do it, you're saying inevitably that people don't deserve to be loosed. I will continue to give my life for this thing, for the gospel to go forward, for repentance to be preached, for demons to be cast out, for the sick to be healed, for disciples to be made, for people to be water baptized, to continue to take communion. Now, are there 
Are there um, abuses in deliverance? Of course. There's abuses in every area of the church and in every situation. So we could either say, well, there's abuses or let's throw deliverance away. If you use that logic, then you have to stop taking communion. If you use the logic of if there's abuses, throw it out, then don't take communion again. Because when they took communion, they were abusing it. And Paul said, you guys are abusing communion and many of you are dying of sickness because you're abusing the Lord's supper, the Lord's table, the Lord's bread, the Lord's wine, the communion. So we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Paul says, just do it right. So our goal is not to. Now, will you make mistakes? Of course you will. Will there be things that you mess up with? Of course you will. But I would rather sink after walking two steps on the water than be safe and dry in the boat with all the spectators. Start getting out on water. Start doing it. If you don't know how, we have so many resources, so many videos. And how about we start tonight by getting delivered? How about that? How about we start tonight by getting freedom? How about we start tonight by commanding demons to leave? How about we start tonight? If you're with your husband, wife, friend, whatever, and you guys are a little group there watching this, do deliverance on each other tonight. I'm going to kickstart you, start you out, but do deliverance on each other because I will not. Please, everybody stay. Do not leave. The 2,500 of you, do not leave. Stay, stay with me because I want you to hear what I'm saying right now. I will not become this casual, normal, carnal, live stream minister preacher because... I'm bad because I'm afraid of offending people or because I want to be cool or because I don't want heat. I don't want people talking bad about me. I will continue. You have my word to preach the full gospel, to preach on hell, to preach on holiness, to preach repentance, to preach the blood, to preach the cross, to preach, preach death to self, preach the miracle power of God, preach the casting out of demons, preach water baptism, preach baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep exposing the devil. So if you're like, when are you going to stop? You're, I'm not. So you might as well just unsubscribe tonight because I'm not going to stop casting out the devil to cater to carnal people. We're going to keep making the devil mad. We're going to keep sticking our finger in his eye and we're going to keep tormenting demons. This is what Jesus paid the price for. He commanded us to do. So don't worry. I'm not going to back down. I will keep doing these teachings every so often, refreshing these things every so often, you know, updating these teachings every so often because we need to know. Now tonight, objectively, I gave you scripture. Straight up, straight up. I did not give you my opinion. Here's what I think and here's what I've seen. I didn't give you experience. Did I? No, I didn't. I gave you scripture on asking demons their names, scriptures on commanding demons out by name, scriptures on saying multiple times to come out, scriptures on demons causing sickness, scriptures on demons manifesting with foaming, whether you want to call it vomiting or foaming, I don't care, shaking, convulsing, scriptures on the way Jesus, all the things I gave you tonight were straight up. There's, it wasn't like, oh, this is the way we interpret it. It was the, what did the text say? What happened after deliverance? People were in awe of God and they were amazed of God. The Pharisees hated it. The crowd loved it. The people loved it. It was for the children of God, the children's bread. So you cannot accuse me of Isaiah's, you know, giving his own interpretation, creating new doctrines. This is Jesus, his ministry, what he started. And I've given you literally all scripture tonight. So I hope this is a bulletproof lesson and, and teaching that you can send people of the ministry of Jesus word for word. Let us pray now. So now 
We're going to confront you, Satan. You might thought that you could slither out of here. No, 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 no. No, 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 Satan. We're going to get you. We're not going to end. I know a lot of the other pastors, they want to end it. Hey, thank you guys for coming. Come back next week. This is the time where we confront the devil and we cast him out of you. This is the most important part. So listen, if you need to renounce something, let me change the wording because some of you are like, I don't like to renounce. It's not in the Bible. If you need to repent, whatever it is that's in your life that you need to repent of, anger, bitterness, resentment, whatever, just say, I repent of this. I renounce this. All renouncing means is you're severing ties. You're saying, I don't want this anymore. I don't want you in my life. You want to get free. Okay, so just go ahead and do that right now. It's, it's just basically you saying, I renounce. I repent of, uh, of drug addiction. I renounce pornography. I renounce bitterness, anger. These are the open doors the devil used to come into your life. And so now you are renouncing them, closing the door, breaking up with the devil. This is an official breakup tonight. We're divorcing him officially tonight. So we're able to do that. The discord is linked in the comments and the description. Okay. It's there linked for those of you that keep asking. So right there, come on right now. Just say it out. I renounce addiction. I renounce anxiety. I renounce depression. I renounce witchcraft involvement. I renounce occult involvement. I renounce every demonic power, every demonic spirit. And I'm going to have you repeat after me in a minute, but I want you to do this also right now, renounce but also unforgiveness. Who do you have unforgiveness towards? Unforgiveness is a root demons hang on to. It's a door demons are able to use to stay in. It's like if you're trying to cast them out and they're hanging on to the door, that's the unforgiveness. They hang on to it. So go ahead right now. I forgive whoever it is. Say it by name. Come on. You have to do this. The Bible says if we don't forgive, we get turned over to the tormentors. So you need to forgive. Forgive. Why? Because God has forgiven you. That's why you forgive because God has forgiven you. Freely he's forgiven you, freely forgive them. Forgiveness is not saying what they did is right, but it's letting go of what they did. Because unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting them to die. Let me say that again. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the person who did that to you to die. It's only hurting you. So go ahead right now. Thank you, Lord. Unforgiveness, come on. God is releasing forgiveness right now. God is healing you. I know it's emotional for some of you, but God is doing the work right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Sick, go ahead and renounce sickness. Go ahead. Right now. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Trauma, whatever you've been through. It's better to over-renounce or over-confess or over-repent than to not do it at all. It's just better to do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, it doesn't It doesn't cost. It's free. All the stuff we have is free. Discord is free. Um, our streams are free. So yeah, those of you asking what does it cost, it doesn't cost anything. Well, del deliverance does cost. It costs the shed blood of Christ. Christ shed his blood and paid the price. So now it's free because he shed his blood. It was part of the fulfillment of the Isaiah's prophecy of the suffering Savior, the suffering Messiah. So yes, the blood of Jesus gives us the power to stand boldly before God and to be free, to be free. All right, so now that you've done that, we're going to command the demons to leave you. So I want you to repeat after me again. These are not prayers that we write down. These are not, I'm not rehearsing off. I don't have like a script in front of me. I'm not rehearsing anything. This is just by led by the spirit. I want you to repeat after me. Okay. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I want you to deliver me tonight. I don't want these evil spirits living in me. Father, I repent of my sin and I lay it at the altar. I will not go back to my old life after tonight. Okay, now I want you to say this. I command, repeat after me. Say, I command every unclean spirit to come out of hiding 
and leave my body now. Satan, I am not your home. You must leave me now in Jesus' name. I command every unclean spirit to leave me now in Jesus' name. I divorce you, Satan, in Jesus' name. I am a son of God, not your servant. And you can no longer live inside of me. So right now, every unclean spirit living on the inside of me must go now in Jesus' name. You have no consent and you have no right to stay. Leave me now in Jesus' name. Okay, now I'm going to pray for you. Right now, I command every foul spirit that could hear my voice to come up and out right now in Jesus' name. I command every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of witchcraft, every deaf and dumb mute spirit, spirit of fear, spirit of jealousy, spirit of control, spirit of anger, I command you now, be bound in Jesus' name. And I say, you must go. You must go in Jesus' name. I command you to go into the abyss and never return. Do not return according to the word of God in Jesus' name. Now, come out. Every unclean spirit must come out in Jesus' name. Must come out in Jesus' name. You have no strength, you have no power, and you have no legal right. Satan, the Lord rebukes you. Come out right now. Guys, when I'm commanding Satan to leave, I'm commanding his representatives. Oftentimes, demons will say, I'm Satan. They're not really Satan. They're representing him. Just like we say in Jesus' name, the demons come in Satan's authority. They come in his name. And they say they're him. They're not really him. They're in his authority. So when I say Satan come out, I'm talking to the demons that are, that are ruled in Satan's kingdom. Just to be clear there. Come out now. Every unclean spirit. Every unclean spirit right now. Come out. People are yawning, yawning, vomiting, heart pounding, head pounding. These are manifestations, guys. There's no reason. Think about this, guys. There's no reason why right now your heart should be racing. There's no reason why you should be throwing up. There's no reason why you should be yawning or vomiting or burping. These are demonic spirits reacting to what we're praying. Come out now. We're not giving you rest. Come out now. Every unclean spirit out of every person watching, come out. Come out in Jesus' name. You are bound. Even in the kids. Every spirit and children, come out right now. Let our kids go in Jesus' name. Let our kids go in Jesus' name. Out of their mouth, right into the abyss you go, Satan. Come on. Out of their mouth, into the abyss you go in Jesus' name. You are bound. I command every person to be loosed in Jesus' name. Every person be loosed in Jesus' name. Be loosed. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Freedom, 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 freedom in Jesus' name. Satan, you are bound. Satan, you are bound. Every unclean spirit must go now. We're going to go a couple minutes here, guys. Just stay with me. Don't click off. We're not done. Thank you, Lord. Every unclean foul spirit is leaving now in Jesus' name. You have no legal right, Satan. You have no right to be here. These are God's chosen people. You have no right. They are not your home. I'm telling you right now, these demons must go. Satan, they are not your home. You will not come back to this house. They're not your house. They're temples of the Holy Spirit. Let him go. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Not in Isaiah's name. In Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. Come out right now. Come out right now, you foul spirit. 
Come out right now, you unclean spirit. Get out now. Leave these people of God right now. Every foul spirit, every unclean spirit, every demonic power, up and out. The Lord rebukes you. The fire of God is against you, Satan. You must go. Spirit of confusion, go now. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we ask you tonight that you would do the work, Father, that you would set them free, that you would deliver them in Jesus' name. God, do what only you can do. Free them, Father. Do what only you can do. Not in our power, not in our strength, not in our might, but in your power and your strength. Right now, Father, I pray, free your people according to your word. We thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray right now that the word that's gone forth would not fall on deaf ears and that the devil who's the bird, the Bible says, that comes and steals the word, that he would not steal the word of God tonight. I pray right now that the devil that would come to try to steal this word that's been deposited, that he would not prevail. I come against every attack, every satanic spirit that would try to rob you from what you heard, that would try to make you forget this message tonight. I just command it to leave right now. Has no power that this word will grow fruit, that this will train you, this will equip you, and that you'll begin to do the work that Jesus did in even greater, according to John 14, 12. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for breakthrough, for healing, for deliverance. Only you can do this, Lord. We thank you that the word is sealed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What an awesome night, guys. I know we went long. Excuse me. I know we went long. If you want to sow into tonight, you can. Again, all of our content's free. If you can't afford to give, don't give. We don't charge for our content. We don't charge for deliverance. It's all for free. If you can't afford to give, don't feel obligated. But if you can give, we really appreciate it. If you're listening on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, we're not getting off yet, so stay with me, guys. You can give on IsaiahSaldivar.com slash partner. Venmo is at IsaiahSaldivar. You can also PayPal.me slash IsaiahSaldivar. Um, we really Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.